0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. In our Advent Sermon Series, The Language of Christmas, we are unpacking five ways to show love to one another. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and giving of gifts. Jesus lived a life of perfect love for God's people. The greatest responsibility and opportunity for a Christ follower is to practice loving God and neighbor like he loved us first. It's our prayer that the love of Christ will be the greatest gift in your home this Christmas. Now, tune in as we study what love is and how to show it.
1: All right. Good morning again. Super glad to be able to sing songs of Christmas together and to worship and celebrate. What about this band? What incredible guy these guys did, just leading us this morning. They put a lot of work into that. I know. Um, you know, we don't have a space to be able to uh, to rehearse. And so they get here early so they can rehearse and and make sure they're ready for you. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super thankful for for all the folks who lead on a week-to-week basis. If you have your Bibles, you want to go ahead and grab them. Uh, we're going to get to the passage in just a second. And we're going to, there's a couple of different passages for today. But uh, Zephaniah chapter 3 uh, is, is, our, is our passage for this morning. That's in the Old Testament. It's like the fourth book in from the end. So if you go to the end of the Old Testament and come back four, it's between uh Habakkuk and Haggai. So if you wanna uh, grab that, we'll get there in just a second. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. We have a couple in the, um, in the gym at the Next Steps table. We'd love for you to take that home and let that be a gift from us to you this morning. And uh, so that you can have your own copy of that. Last week we began our Christmas or our Advent series. And between now and, and Christmas Eve, we'll we'll continue to be in this Christmas or Advent series and celebrating the coming of Jesus, but also looking forward to his second coming as he comes and he, he comes again to be to take his uh, his people, his children, those who he's rescued and saved home to be with him. And Pat last week uh, we started it off. It's called the, the, the title of the series is called The Languages of Quit or the Lang- language of Christmas. And last week we heard from Pastor Jeff from our Franklin campus where he laid the foundation of what we're going to look at over the next couple weeks. And 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 just by way of a commercial kind of interlude announcement here, remember that on Christmas Eve we have two services here. Let me make sure I get these times right. I have them written down for us. It's at 2.30 and at 4. Make sure that that's actually what it says on this. Yes, 2.30 and 4. Uh, we'll be right here in the gym, uh, or not in the gym, right here in the cafetorium as it's, it's called. Uh, and we'll have a kids moment, we'll have times where we sing uh, Christmas songs and we'll have that traditional candle lighting moment that I know everybody has to have and hopefully nobody's hair catches on fire because that would be weird and a bad Christmas for somebody. Uh, And we're going to talk about the greatest gift of of love that's ever come and that that Jesus came and he was the gift and and, in communicating his love to us, he came to us as a gift um, to us, and and I hope that you make plans to join us for that, and invite friends and neighbors and coworkers and those folks that maybe don't have a church, or maybe you know that. They probably wouldn't come normally, but this is a spot, a moment that they, they might be open to coming. And so we encourage you to invite and, and, uh, and ask people to come to that. And then that's on Saturday. On Sunday, Christmas Day, we will not gather here. Across all of our campuses, we're not going to gather in person. But on that Sunday, we have a, um, an opportunity for you to like a Christmas special that will be uh, streamed online from our website. That will be streamed every hour on the hour from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, so you have lots of opportunities to grab that. And it's it's a fun, just Christmas special for our body, for our church on Christmas Day. So uh, after that trip around the block, let's get back to the language of languages or language of Christmas. Uh, and like I said, Pastor Jeff laid the foundation, as we talked about last week, of this the, the the Christmas season and what we're gonna do during this, and the birth of Christ as the announcement of the great love that God has for his creation. It says in, in John chapter 3, verse 6 16 it says, For God so loved of the world that he gave his son his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life we talked about how Gary Chapman has this book called the the Five Love Languages, and he describes these love languages as as, as the, the ways that we receive and often give love. And the list is the quality times, and we'll talk about that next week, I think. And acts of service, acts of service, and giving gifts, and physical touch, which was uh, last week, as Pastor Jeff explained. And, and thank you for all of the um, all of the back rubs this week that was kind of unannounced, as you came and touched me. It was awesome uh, in a weird. Um, we could stop that now though, um, it's cool, we can move past the physical touch that way. Um, and then words of affirmation, which is where we're gonna be this morning and, and, and talk about these words of affirmation that God gives to us that declare His love for us. before we go, I wanna just ask us to take a moment and pause and let's just ask the Lord to continue to move and open our eyes to the beauty of His word that we would see the wonderful things that are found in his word as we continue this morning. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your word. The word that that tells us of your love for us and how your love transforms us. And because of your love, God, that you allow us, you move us to be able to share love with others. And your love also moves in us that we can declare that love for you, back to you. And Lord, we love you and thank you that you loved us first and best and always and your love never fails. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So in the five love languages book, Gary Chapman opens the chapter on words of affirmation with this quote from Mark Twain. Mark Twain says this, he said, I could live two months on a good compliment. Now good is, is actually premiere in that, in, in that sentence. But I could live two months on a good compliment, right? And Chapman remarks as after giving the quote, he says that the, with this math, Twain could live a full year on just six compliments and, and his emotional love tank would be full. And I'm going to say that me as a human and one who is, this is my love language, I'm going to need more than six good compliments in a year. So that's just for you to note, I don't need back rubs necessarily, but words of affirmation, you just write that down. And and, and, in Proverbs, Solomon writes this, he talks about words and and the effect and the the weight of words. He says, the tongue has the power of life and death. He also writes in chapter 12, verse, verse 25, he says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down and a good word makes him glad. But before we step back into, or before we jump into how we share words of affirmation with each other and kind of work through some of the ways that we can do that with each other, I think it's best if we step back and realize that we share love with one another because somebody first loved us. It's what it says in scriptures that we love because someone loved us first, because Christ loved us first. And if you have your worship guides and you're following along there and you want to write down the notes that we're Uh, As we work through this, the the first of our blanks there is this, that God speaks words of love and affirmation to us. That God speaks words of love and affirmation to us. Zephaniah 3, 17, a fantastic passage. I remember vividly when when I first read this, probably somewhere beginning of college after I trusted Christ for salvation, I just couldn't believe these words, right, that God says through the prophet Zephaniah. He says this, he says, The Lord your God, the Lord your God is with you, which is awesome, the mighty warrior to save. He takes great delight in you. His love, will no, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. That he delights in you, that he rejoices over you in singing. Now, this passage in Zephaniah is, is initially to the people of Israel, right? That he's, he loves them and he's a mighty warrior. He's with them, that he loves them, and he, he delights in them, and he rejoices over them with singing. But but we as the people of God who have been who've been transformed into his light, is he's made us look like him, and he's re- restoring and redeeming us, we get to hear this passage and understand that while it was for a nation when it was originally spoken it's for us as individuals today that he delights in you and rejoices over you with singing and the words that Jesus or that that the Lord speaks to us these words of affirmation are words that bring life you're following along these are words that bring life if you go all the way back to the very beginning to the to Genesis it says that at the very beginning when nothing existed that God spoke words and out of the darkness, out of nothing, everything that exists, God spoke into existence. If you go into other places in scripture that Jesus was, was there, Jesus and the Holy Spirit all together with God were speaking these things into existence. And all the things that we know and see and hear and taste and touch, everything that is came from the words of God. And at the end of everything that, that he created, it said over, that he says over those in those days of creation, he says that it was, it was good. But over one thing, over one of those days in creation, as he created, he created man, at the, end of, at the end of creating all of those things, he created man and he looked at man and he said that it was very good. He spoke a special word of love over the life that he had given to humanity. It says in Hebrews that the sun, his, the sun is, is the radiance of God's glory the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the power of his word. Not only did he create it by his word, but Jesus, it says that right now, right now in this moment where we stand in this place and we sing songs and we're listening to the word, his word preached, that in this very moment, in every moment that follows until he comes back to bring us to be with him, that Christ holds together all things by the power of his word. His word brings and sustains life. His words of affirmation that he speaks over us are words that tell us how deeply loved we are. If you go back to the Old Testament and the New Testament, all throughout scripture, God speaks in various, through various authors, how deeply he loves us individually how great his love is for us. And it's the end of most of the time when I, when I pray, it's the, the, but that reminder that his, his love was first, that he loved us first. When we were unlovable, it says that we were enemies, that he loved us even when we were enemies. He loved us first, he loves us best. God's word says that greater love has no man than this, Then he would lay down his life for his friends. But we were enemies. So even greater is God's love. His love is first, it's best, his love is always. In Romans it tells us that nothing can separate us from his love. Neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And that his love never fails. His love was the only love that will never fail. He loves us deeply. It's the love that Paul desires as he writes to the, to the Ephesian church. In, in Ephesians chapter 3, he desires that we know this love. He says this, that so, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have the power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure, all the full, to, filled to the measure of the fullness of God. His love, his love tells us how, his, his word tells us how deeply we are loved, but it also tells us who we are because we're loved. It, his, his word tells us, His words that He spoke over us, tells us who we are because we are loved. First Peter chapter two verses nine and 10, it says this, but you Are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen to this. Once you were not a people, once once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It tells us that we're chosen. And, and First Peter says that we're chosen, that we're a royal priesthood, which means that we are his people that, that are there to declare his name, that we are a holy nation, one that he separated He's separated out for his special possession to declare that we, were, that we were not able to declare his praises, but now we are able to, that we were once in the darkness, but now we're in the light. We were once not his, but now we are his. We had once not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. It tells us who we are. But it doesn't just say those things. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen says that you're new because of His love. And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new is here. He says that you're adopted, that you're a child of God, that you've been chosen. First John chapter three verse chapter three verse one it says, "See what great love the Father has lavished on you that you could be called children of God." And that is what you are—His children. God was not obligated to choose us. He didn't choose us. He didn't make us his, his children because of our credentials or because of our performance. He did it because of his love for us. You were not a mistake. Everything about you, he, him knowing everything about you, he chose you. Listen, you are chosen and wanted. He calls you his child because he loves you. That's not it. He says that you're forgiven, that you're washed clean, that you're restored and redeemed. He himself, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we, might, that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds we are healed. In Isaiah, it says that though your sins be like scarlet, and that you shall be white as snow, and though you're as red as crimson now, they will be like wool. That he cleanses us, he makes us new, he restores us, that we are forgiven. He says that we're his masterpiece, wonderfully made. Ephesians chapter 2, that we are God's masterpiece. Psalm 139 verse, verse 14, he says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made that God, God created you perfectly. He says that you are beloved. That he loves you with an everlasting love. But I want to return back to that Zephaniah passage before we move on. But it says, listen, he says, he takes great delight in you and that he, he will no longer rebuke you, but he rejoices over you with singing. And maybe just this morning, maybe the thing that you and I need to hear in this, in this moment, in, in this Christmas time, maybe you grew up in a family where you didn't hear these words of affirmation or maybe it wasn't just that you didn't hear words of affirmation, all you ever heard was words of condemnation or, or never meeting, measuring up or, or those kind of things. Maybe you grew up in a home where you didn't hear anybody tell you that they loved you. And I want you to hear this this morning, that God says that he delights in you. That he knows everything about you, even the things that you're like, not that, yes, that. He knows that and he delights in you. And he makes you new when you trust him for salvation and when we fall on him and ask for forgiveness and believe that by grace that he is who he says he is and has done what he said he did and that we can be saved. And these things are true of those who have put their faith in him. He delights in you. So he speaks this loving word of affirmation, and that's the beginning for us. And because he loved us first, we can love others. That this love for others, this love for others comes from a love that we've received from him. That God's word moves us to speak words of love and or speak love and affirmation to others. That God's word moves us to speak words of love and affirmation to others is the second point. And God knew that we needed to hear these words. Now, even if your your love language, even if this is not the way that you feel the most loved, right? That he still, he knows that that, that words are powerful and he knows that we need to hear these words of love. And so, and, and and they have power to communicate love with all the people that we do life with, with our with our spouse and with those in our home and, and our neighborhood and those that live around us in school. Kids, students, where, where you go to school, words have a power to communicate something incredibly deep and, and a love and a care for others and in the, at work, in the grocery store. And so this afternoon when you sit at a table and your server comes to the table, right? All these words, words of affirmation have an incredible way of speaking life into people. Because we needed these words. God knew that we would have an opportunity to share with others because he first loved us. And, and to some extent, we're certainly talking about these, like, general words of affirmation, right? When, when somebody does something, maybe in your home, you compliment somebody that, that, that's wearing something nice that, you, you know, they dressed up a little different. And you, like, you compliment them for their dress. When, when the cook makes a dish that's really awesome and you, you tell them, you know, that kids, you tell your mom or your dad that they made it awesome. Like, Kate, last night, I made some hamburgers. They were par at best, but, I mean, she is like... Over the moon about them, right? And I'm like, you are building me up in ways that you have no idea. I'm ready to buy a truck and make a hamburger truck. I mean, this is a, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> it's like, I'm McDonald, get out the way. So it's certainly these general words of affirmation, the big and the small things, the, the everyday things and the special things, right? Those moments that we celebrate, friends and coworkers and, and spouses and kids and that, that put a lot of effort and energy into the thing. But, and, and to give a couple of examples that maybe just kind of help us, like right, like maybe your kids or your husband this afternoon takes the trash out and you say, thank you for taking the trash out. That may build them up in ways that you had no idea. I mean, personally, as the words of affirmation guy, that may, may go well for me. Right? I'm not saying anything to Rebecca. She's awesome. She's awesome. She does all the things right. Everything. Maybe, but maybe it's you see your kids do something and you affirm that, that effort that they put in and the homework that they're doing. Or you see them give an effort that, that's a, a little bit more than what they normally do and you affirm that effort that they're giving. Maybe you see somebody, maybe there's somebody at the table that, that again, as you're, as you're going out to lunch this afternoon and the server is, you know, they're super busy and you see on their face that they're, that they're maybe stressed out a little bit. And maybe they didn't get the tea to your table as quick as you thought they would. But you could give them a word of affirmation and just tell them that they're crushing and having a good day. And all of a sudden that word of affirmation brings life to them who really... They're struggling in the midst of their day because it's so many other times they hear things that are negative. Just another tangible one, you could say something like this, that you, that was a really great sermon. You crushed it, you know, to somebody who's preaching a sermon today. I don't know if it, later on that just, I, I don't know how that got there. I, that was um, moving on, but bigger than, bigger than just the general ones. I believe that there's a, a, another, another layer of this, that there's something deep that we do, something that we can say with our words that really builds up. And when you think about the book of James, he tells us that, that the tongue is, 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 is a great, a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. And how it, it says, it, consider that a great fire can be set, set by a small spark. It says the tongue is also a fire. The world of evil among the body parts. It corrupts the whole person and sets the whole course of life on fire. Excel in it itself, on fire by hell. Listen, so a fire can be something that's good. It can warm us, it can cook food, but that same fire that brings delight, that same spark that, that sets a blaze to cook and to warm, then bring delight can also bring destruction. And so beyond just the simple general things, I, what I, what I want to say is in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so three things here that we build, that we speak words of affirmation to others that build up, excuse me, that build and benefit. That build and benefit from Ephesians, it builds and benefits. And when I think about this, the picture that comes into my mind about building and benefiting those things that, that build and benefit is the, is, the, is the internal things, the inward structures that are, that are foundational to buildings. And you know, when you build a house, you have the studs that, that nobody sees, the things that nobody sees, but without which everything falls apart. I think about words of affirmation that build and benefit are those words that frame and that shape us, that that give us strength and to support us when things get a little wonky, when things get a little crazy, when the storms, when the storms of life and we face challenges, they're words that we go back to that are foundational, that hold us together. They're words that see and to celebrate. They're words that see and celebrate. And, and listen, for some reason to see and criticize is way easier. It's like maybe, again, maybe language, the love language, your love language is not words of affirmation, but it seems like that the the words of criticism is everybody's native tongue. Just look at social media. Just look at, think about politics. Nobody has positive things to say. Right, we we, we have and, and it happens in our homes, it happens with our roommates, with our spouse, with people at work at the grocery store, with servers at a fast food restaurant, and I have no experience with that, no matter what stories you've heard about me. I've never said anything negative at a at a fast food restaurant. It's all a lie if somebody says something about it. But it's like we it's like criticism just flows from it's like the common ground that we meet on to see and to criticize. And I'm not saying that we just act like everything is always great. I'm not saying be fake. But what I'm saying is that we really need to let things, we really need to say and to be clear about the fact that God has, God has given us the most incredible news to proclaim. The fact that we've been rescued and restored and redeemed is the greatest news in the world. The fact that that we know that this is a temporary location, that God has only given us this, this time and this place and there's going to be something far greater that these momentary troubles have nothing to compare to the eternal glories that we have. Maybe we could be people that rather than complain all the time that we celebrate some things. I can tell you without hesitation, with absolute confidence, with absolute confidence, and I'm sure that others in this room have similar stories, that I am here today, not only as the pastor of Rolling Hills Columbia, but as a husband and a father and a friend because of words of affirmation that people spoke to me. And specifically a few words of affirmation that a few people have spoken to me. Those moments when somebody stopped and looked me in the eyes and said, I see this in you and I wanna celebrate. I see this calling, I see this passion, I see this this leaning, I see these things about you, I see this, I remember there's, there's a handful that just come to my mind so clearly that when someone, a friend, somebody that I knew well or somebody maybe that just, that was passing by that we were just beginning, but they looked me in the eyes and they say, I see this in you and I want to celebrate it. And I'm telling you that those words, they have such a great grip in my heart and I'm sure that there's plenty of people in this room that same similar places that, 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 that it's be grown and shaped and it's the frameworks that your whole life may be built around. And if you have had that moment, maybe you just need to be reminded of it and maybe in your our lives there are some people even right now that you need to look in the eye and you need to tell them that. That you see something in them and you wanna celebrate it. Chapman in his five love languages says this, and I think that this is incredible. He says, perhaps your spouse, and I would insert friend, I would insert coworker, neighbor, just go down the list. He says, perhaps this person in your life has untapped potential in one or more areas of life, untapped potential that may be awaiting your word of affirmation to encourage them. Which brings us to the last thing, that words, words that encourage or excuse me, that we speak words that encourage and empower. William James, psychologist, says this, that possibly the deepest human need that we have is to feel appreciated by other humans. Possibly the deepest human need that humans have is to feel appreciated by other humans. And again, I know that words of affirmation may not be your native tongue, but no matter what, words move us and they encourage and they empower us. Later in that same chapter that we just quoted from from Love Languages, Chapman says this, that most of us have more potential than we will ever develop. And what holds us back is often the courage to take the next step. What if your words of affirmation to a server, to your kid, to your spouse, to a coworker was just that word of affirmation and encouragement that, that, that moved them to take that next step? that moved them to step out and, and do the things that were on their heart to do, but they lacked the courage and your word of affirmation could give them that courage. I think about Mary in Luke chapter one, kind of bring this a little bit back to, to Christmas. You think about Mary in Luke chapter one, when the angel comes to her and says that the she was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and and she was a virgin. And in verse 28 of chapter one, it says that the the angel went to her and he said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. I just want you to think about this for just a second. Mary lived in a a rundown town, 15-ish years old, right? She was not of a family of high high estate, right? She's just a young lady. She's pledged to be married to a young man. For all practical purposes, there's nothing extraordinary about Mary. We don't know what she was doing when he showed up, when the angel showed up in the house to tell her that that God's about to do this in her and how it's all gonna work. We don't know know what she was doing, but I, Best estimates, she's not an extraordinary human. But this angel comes in and he says, you who are highly favored. What what was she highly favored for? Again, based on what we know, there's nothing extraordinary about her. But God and this angel, because God sent this angel, God sees beyond what we see. God sees beyond what she sees and knows about herself and knows that this woman is going to be used in a special way that is going to change the world. And even though in that moment, she doesn't feel highly favored by God, what young Jewish woman would? This angel Using the words of God says that you who don't see yourself this way, who've really done nothing to deserve this one, this, this accolade or this affirmation, I'm telling you that you are highly favored. I just remind, I I, I want us to remember that sometimes it's not even that we see them doing something that we affirm. It's we love them just because they're who they are. We see past what maybe they see. We see past what the individual in our lives, maybe they understand about themselves. We see past what they, what they feel about themselves or what they think that they're going to do with them, their lives. And we say and we celebrate, we see and they celebrate even when they don't see it. There's nothing to give us reason to see and to celebrate. To the last thing, it says that God's word compels us to speak love and affirmation to him. Compels us to speak love and affirmation to him. And there's three ways. In the prayers that we pray, and we're going to just fly through this. In the prayers that we pray, in the songs that we sing, and in the meditations of our heart. In the prayers that we pray, in the songs that we sing, and in the meditations of our heart. Again, in that passage in Luke, it says that Mary asks some questions and Angel answers the questions. And at the end of the question and answer period of this conversation, she says these words. This is her prayer. I am the Lord's servant. May your words be fulfilled. And the angel left her. That we say these things back to God, right? And, and sometimes it's that affirmation. If you have followed the Acts prayer method, where we start by, by recognizing His greatness and His goodness, but there's also the part where we recognize that really all we have to say in response to His words of affirmation to Him is that we are His. Your will be done. Use me the way that you want to use me. Whatever you've called me to, I'm going. Can you think about it? Like, listen, God spoke incredible words of affirmation to this young woman, this young woman, young Jewish woman, really in a society, in a patriarchal society. I mean, like, she has so many things that are not, like, they wouldn't even recognize her. God says, You are highly valued. And the response is, Whatever you will. Whatever. So we say, We, we, it compels us to speak words of affirmation to him. God, use me however you are who you say you are. And the songs that we sing later, again, in this chapter, Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She walks in the room. She greets her, she greets her cousin Elizabeth. In her womb is John the Baptist. He leaps for joy. And Elizabeth says, exclaims in that moment, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child that you bear. And she doesn't understand what's going on. And she tells her that, that again, she says, blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill her promise." And the very next verse, Mary breaks into song because of the words that were spoken to her—songs of praise for to Him, for all that He's done—that He would see her in her lowly and humble estate and let her be her, His servant; that generations would call her blessed; that the Mighty One has done a great thing, and His name is holy. We sing in the songs that we sing because of his words to us. We celebrate with songs that glorify his name. And then lastly, in the meditations of our heart, it's so incredible. Luke chapter 2, verse, 20, verse 19 and 20, after the, after the angels have gone and, and she's had the baby and the angels have announced to the shepherds on the hillside, these shepherds, they run to Mary and Joseph and they talk to Mary and Joseph and they tell them all that they heard and then they leave and it says that Mary does this. She treasured up. All these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. There's gonna be lots of things that we there's lots of things that we think about, lots of things that, that we ponder or meditate on that, that run over in our minds. And maybe over the next several days as we go through the Christmas season and on the other side of the Christmas season, what we need to meditate on and hear over and over again is God's words to us that tell us who we are, that tell us how deeply loved we are, that are words of life. And let those words move us to love others well with words of affirmation and ultimately in the songs that we sing, in the prayers that we pray, in the meditations of our heart, in the lives that we live, that we would give glory to him. And speak those words of affirmation and honor and praise to him. May our response, I'm going to invite the band to come, or I think it, uh, Ryan and Holly to come back up. we have a song of response that just is a song of hallelujah. Words of affirmation back to our Father that just says hallelujah. Which truly what it means is praise the Lord. A word that just says over and over again hallelujah to you who are, who you say you are, and you've done what you said you would do, and that you have done in me more than I ever could do for myself. Hear God's words of affirmation for you. Send them back to him in the songs that we sing and then share them with others.
0: That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History Parenting podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. And lastly, from the church family to your family, Merry Christmas.